to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Jeremy with my lovely co-host, Corey Haynes, and this is where we talk about what are we learning, what do we study in the Bible, and what is new in our businesses. What's up, Corey? Not so much, man. We're back. We're back. Feels good. Yeah. I'm liking, I feel like, you know, slowing down a little bit, posting a little bit less, being able to uh, a little bit more quality episodes where we really kind of put a lot of thought into it. It's been fun. And um, I'm excited to chat again today. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I've been gone on vacation, so today has actually been my first day, like, back working a full day, you know. So yeah. it's been good to, like, sit down and, you know, like, debrief and catch up mm. and all that. Um, and it feels like the podcast is, like, similar. Like, we've been gone, you know. Yeah, it's true. So. For now. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, so we just dive in and uh, start with what we're learning. Yeah, I'm having a feeling that these are going to be like long-winded, you know? Like I think the first one we did it's was true. fairly long, so yeah. like I think we should, in the beginning, just go for it. With this yeah, and as a reminder, it. if you are if you still don't know, if you need to catch up, um, you know, we're changing up things this year. So, again, the format is kind of around like these three facets of uh, what, what are we learning in our life? So, like, what are we studying? What are we, um, new books we're reading? Kind of things on our mind. And second is, you know, what how is God speaking to us? What are we learning in the Bible? What's, what's going, on, going on with our walk? And then thirdly is um, what's going on with our businesses. So kind of those three facets. And yeah, we're going to kind of stay within those boxes. So Yeah. I was thinking too, you know, our, our our publishing schedule is a little bit funny. But I'm kind of fine with it. I don't think it really matters. But maybe a better way to describe it is that we publish twice a month. One is just us and one is with a guest. Mm-hmm. And our last guest was Mike. He was awesome. So you can go back and listen to that episode. It's uh, It's pretty fascinating. It's very long, but it's very good. It's all mm-hmm. quality content. Um, but our goal is to publish twice a month, mm-hmm. once with us and then once with a guest. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, um, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, one thing I've been learning. So I don't know if you've been following it at all, but the stock market craziness with Robinhood and GameStop. Have you been you seen that at all it's funny we, we just talked for like an hour before we hit record and i wanted to talk to you about that <laughs> a, a little bit um it all went down when i was on vacation so i tried oh, to like right. disconnect but when i like today like literally catching up i like saw it on the news and i was like reading about it yeah um so i don't fully know like all the details i just know there's some craziness and some like overreach of um you know like i think uh what's the word like things that never happened before have happened like with these yeah. restrictions and so i don't know a lot you probably be better to fill people in it's been crazy but so, I, just, I know it's crazy yeah uh, I, I kind of jumped in and started following it a little bit late. Um, just cause at first I was like, Oh, what is this? Like, it's not a big deal. But then I started reading more into it. I started hearing people talk about it and it really is like nuts. So basically what's happened, like the TLDR super short version is that, uh, there's a subreddit called wall street bets and bets bets. Okay. Yeah. And it's basically full of a bunch of like, um, like finance money bros who like to make, uh, bets on the stock market. So they'll, they'll buy stocks. I'm, I'm trying to find the best way to describe it because a lot of them are not very um, like educated or logical. It's kind of just like we're buying this thing and it's day trading and it's, you know, um, like not really like investing. If that makes sense. A little bit more like gambling. <laughs> so basically this one guy kicked it off. Uh, his name, well, I can't even say his username. It's deep effing value. He made this whole case for GameStop and he put a whole bunch of money into it. Uh, and then, so Ryan Cohen was the founder of a Chewy, which is like a ginormous pet store online, basically. He sold it, made a whole bunch of money. Um, 
he took over kind of as like advisor chairman for GameStop. Uh, this guy, and then he put all of his money into GameStop. And then basically this, this subreddit user, uh, deep effing value made this whole case about why GameStop was going to come back and how it was going to go up. And basically they noticed that there are a bunch of these hedge funds that were massively shorting GameStop stock. Uh, it would, it was even like it was over shorted. So it was like 124% uh, shorted. So basically it was like, and this is, this is part of my learning section here. So I never really understood what a short was, but basically it's when you borrow a stock from someone else and then you sell it and then, uh, but you have to, you have to give it back at some yeah. point. Um, but you think the stock's going to go down. And so when it goes down, I just learned about this like a month ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, this you is the gambling side of things kind of right. Like not, you're, you're gambling, quite. right? I mean, you're, well, you're no. like, you think it's going to go up or down. So that's yeah. why you would okay. yeah. Yeah. keep going. Um, but so there's a bunch of stocks like uh, GameStop, AMC, Bed Bath and Beyond, um, Nokia, like they're all like going out of business. Like the stock is going down over time. Like it doesn't have like a bright future. So shorting it just means like I'm trying to take advantage of the stock going down in value instead of the stock going up in value. Um, the when ethics it, are a little going bit up. What's it called? Do you know? Um, I mean, it's appreciating. It's uh, uh, I mean, there, you're, you're just you're just though. buying. Uh, well, there's different. There's like there's limits. There's calls. There's you can just buy the stock outright and then sell it later at a, at a later time. Um, but basically, shorting is I borrow GameStop stock from you. I sell it to someone else for, let's just say I buy it or I borrow it from you. It's worth $10. I sell it to someone else for $10. And then, a, but in a month from now, I need to give it back to you. But I think the stock's going to go down by then. So I buy it back at $7, let's just say, and then I give it back to you. And so now I've made $3 mm-hmm. profit, right? So that's essentially what shorting was. So all these uh, subreddit users noticed that um, stocks like GameStop, for example, was like kind of the main one were overshorted. In other words, um, they had they had borrowed more stock than was even outstanding, uh, and that there was it was just like really risky on the hedge funds uh, uh, part. And what you can do is if a whole bunch of people buy the stock and the demand goes up uh, and the stock price starts to go up, um, then basically uh, the hedge fund has to give back the stocks at some point. And so if you buy a whole bunch, like every month, you know, there's kind of like, there's a, a certain amount that you have to give back or you have to buy back, right? Um, if the stock stays pretty stable, then it's like not very risky because, mm-hmm. you know, one time you might buy it back for $7, one time you might back, buy it back for $11, but you're still making a $2 profit. But what happens when I buy the stock for, or I borrow it from you and it's worth $10, but then the stock goes up to $100, well, now I have to buy it back at $100 and I lose $90. Mm-hmm. And and how that happens is if so many people buy the stock, and especially if they make um, what are called limit uh, or calls, limit calls, something like that. And it's basically you, you're you going to buy it at a certain price mm-hmm. in the future. Um, and that makes the stock go up. Hedge funds have to, to buy it back. They lose a whole bunch of money. And they were putting. So that's hedge what funds. was happening. These hedge funds were losing so much money that it was Robinhood, right? They were the ones that. Right. So so what happened was uh, it's called a short squeeze, where basically everyone buys and then holds, and that makes the stock price inflate, 
and then the hedge funds have to buy it back, which increases the price even more, mm -hmm. and everyone makes a whole bunch of money. Um, but what happened was that Robinhood, since they're commission-free trading, um, they're the ones like facilitating all this. And so they were out like a billion dollars that they didn't have basically um, to all the stock traders and everyone that they sort of facilitate with. Um, so they had to stop the buying and selling of certain stocks like GameStop, which froze and basically killed the short, uh, the short sque squeeze. And what was supposed to happen didn't happen because Robinhood stopped and a whole bunch of other ones did as well. There's like these holding companies that like control the flow of buying mm -hmm. and selling and anyways. Um, and then these hedge funds got like bailed out, but all the retail investors like myself lost money basically because yeah. like what was supposed to happen didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so anyways, that's like the TLDR version. There's a whole bunch more in yeah. there. But basically I got in like a little bit late, not super late. I I probably would have like doubled my money, but you I was, bought some. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I put like 500 bucks okay. on like different stocks. I, I probably doubled it at one point. Um, but then the whole Robin hood thing happened. I couldn't sell the, the stock dropped. Now so it hasn't really, well, yeah, okay. I haven't really recovered and now I've lost about two or 300 bucks. Wow, okay. um, it's not terrible. Like a lot of people like you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, tons. I mean, there are people who, who put in millions and millions of dollars. Like, Holy crap. Uh, just YOLO'd. Like so literally. So now what? Like are you pissed? Are you like whatever this kind of happened? Are you Yeah, I'm 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 pissed because uh Robin Hood definitely was at fault here, especially. Um they were the main ones. But also it's it's very much a double standard. It's um hedge funds have been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as the hedge funds get screwed, then they call their friends mm -hmm. over at, you know, whoever it is that um that controls all this and they say, You need to stop the retail investors from doing this. Everyone puts a freeze and then the hedge funds are saved basically. So it's a double standard because mm -hmm. they can get bailed out, but obviously none of us can, right? No one's going to pay us mm -hmm. uh, or give us our money back if, if we lose a bunch of money. Um, so anyways, I've learned definitely that one, I absolutely hate and despise day trading. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to go back to just like buying ETFs mm -hmm. and like a couple stocks that I like. Um, but I feel like I did learn a lot through the process and I haven't, I didn't lose a lot of money at least yet. Like you only lose money, money still in it. if you sell. Yeah. I haven't sold anything. I still think there's a chance that something could happen because there's still limits. Like I, I actually tried to buy more GameStop um, when the, when the price dropped again, but Robinhood still has a limit to only one share of GameStop and you can only buy, you can't buy fractional shares anymore. I had bought in like 0.6 shares of GameStop on Robinhood. And so I basically, I couldn't buy anymore. I also couldn't sell. So mm -hmm. it's just like, whatever, I'm just going to wait for this thing, maybe to go up over mm -hmm. time. But you know, at the most I lose like a hundred bucks. So it's not a huge deal. Yeah. But um, the potential is crazy because stocks like AMC, for example, I bought it at like $10 a while back. It was at like $2, but with something like a short squeeze, which has happened before, I think with Volkswagen, the stock can go up to a thousand dollars, $10,000, $50,000. And then like, you people would literally make hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. Um, do you have any Bitcoin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Of, you're you're down with that? You like it or what? Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, something else interesting. I was, I was listening to a podcast called uh, the All In Podcast with a couple of like big kind of tech guys. And they were saying that um, 
like buying stocks now is like it's actually safer to buy a cryptocurrency than it is stocks because crypto one like no one can monitor this kind of stuff and it's all like over the blockchain so there's no um there's no way that you're going to get screwed out mm-hmm. of out of your stock basically but also it's it's actually um uh like stock trading is no longer about investing in businesses it is gambling like people buy like i mean i bought in because i thought oh well everyone's doing this yeah. like literally there were that's what, so i i had some money in i took it out and i I'm not excited about it. Like, I just don't... I'm not either. It's too scary, dude. Yeah, that's why, though. But anyway, continue it, It's all gambling. Like, it, it really... It's... it's n- No one's even looking at the financials. No one really understands truly yeah, exactly. what's going on. They simply think, well, I'm going to buy this, and I think it's going to go up over time. Um, and so, it is gambling. It's not investing in businesses anymore. And it's no different than something like Bitcoin, which is based on the same premise, that there's a limited, scarce supply. There, there's, there is a finite amount of Bitcoins that will be distributed eventually um but also people think that's going to go up and so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. essentially um but i also yeah especially with this whole stock thing i was like one i think that a lot of people are going to move their money into bitcoin because they're going to be mad at the stock market but two i do think that it's a hedge against the stock market and so i have money in there as sort of balance my bets hmm. interesting yeah hmm. i don't i don't think that it's actually a currency but I, I do think that it serves the same purpose as a stock. Yeah, I um, it's on it's on my list of things to like dive into. But I don't know. Like I said, we had some money into it, pulled it out, and I just not excited about it. I feel like when it comes to like, investing my money, I don't want to put it into the into no. Big, yeah, it it really is. Um, but it's fun. You like you can get stuck into it. Like hearing people talk about the day trading and going up and whatever. It sounds fun, but also stressful too like so stressful cause like you said it is gambling and it's kind of like you don't really understand the business you're just oh everyone else is buying i'm gonna buy kind yeah. of deal and well here's the thing about it and this leads me to one of my other points about decision making is um i don't like it because uh there's a huge downside and this is something i've been thinking about for like what i invest in and what i want to do and where i put my time is um i want to put my time and money towards things that have really limited downside in huge upside upside um the stock market is not like that uh there's i mean especially if you're shorting stocks like the hedge funds because basically if you if you borrow it at ten dollars it could go down to zero whereas if you buy it at ten dollars it could go up to a hundred or even a thousand right so um but even then with gamestop for example i bought it when it was at like you know i forget the price but now it's like halved right um now the odds that it's going to go up to a thousand or ten thousand dollars, very low. Mm-hmm. I did buy it because I thought, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now the with, time, the, yeah. with the short squeeze. Um, but now, you know, I'm like, well, I'm still losing money on this. But like, your own business, you know, real estate. Uh, t- like, I want to put my time and energy towards things that have really high upside. Mm-hmm. It's also the reason why it kind of helped me think through like, why do I not like being an employee? Like, there is a very limited upside your upside could be large but mm-hmm. it's still limited to a certain mm-hmm. degree um and your downside is is not that much but mm-hmm. well it, it kind of is because you have one source of income and someone has you know the, the ability to fire you and or tell you if you're doing a good job or not mm-hmm. but anyways um yeah it's just it's too scary mm-hmm. it's lame now i'm like i'm waiting for even things to go like back to break even so i can just pull out and then not worry about it mm-hmm. interesting yeah <laughs> All right. Well, on to your decision making. Well, yeah, that that's basically it. Is like, 
the technical term, if you really want to get nerdy. I'm looking at it, yeah. <laughs> positive asymmetry versus negative there you go. asymmetry. Okay. Yeah. It's something actually I read about in Antifragile, which is one of the books that we talked about with Matt Miller. Um, this guy, Nassim Taleb, he was like a, <laughs> he was a trader, but he's all about um, like probability and um, uh, sort of how to, how to think about the world and randomness and things like that. But uh, it really, that's like the thing for me now. It's like, what is the downside? If there's very little downside, what is the upside? If there's a lot of potential for upside, like I'm in it, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, but I think it's just a useful th- decision-making framework. Because hmm. even if it has really high upside and really high downside, it kind of cancels out and that, that sketches me out. That's basically what the stock market is. Yeah. The thing about like business and like, uh, I don't know about you, but like for me, if I think about like some kind of business idea and like trying something different and new, like it doesn't seem that big and scary like I guess what I'm trying to say is like the the upside to me is what like really appeals like the oh, potential yeah. you know, um, but it does, it does not seem that big and scary. But if you have me do something a bit more like um I don't know um call and schedule a, doc- a doctor's appointment I'm like more like oh I really don't want to do that <laughs> like it was like <laughs> most like simple make a phone call and like schedule an appointment right but I almost would rather try to start some like something new and fun and crazy kind of thing you know mm-hmm. um probably a bad like example but <laughs> i don't know i just i've always felt that way like yeah it just seems fun i think it was because i was talking with i think with matt graham on sun- sunday night at the little birthday party hmm. we were just talking about stuff and i was telling him like this new idea i have whatever and he's like dude you're so crazy you have these ideas and you just go do them and i was like well that's not true first of all second of all like it's for me it's exciting you know it's like, what's fun. crazy about yeah that? Like, well, it, it's like i want to try you know yeah for me you know but everyone's right. different yeah because i've been thinking about it you know i was um i tweeted the other day that i've been self-employed for three months now ish, but I still give myself an unlimited learning budget. Quote unquote. I saw that, yeah. um, Tough guy. Cause it's the same thing of like this book, this course, this membership, whatever it is, could be the thing that I need to give me, you know, something of value. Like there's someone's entire like expertise and everything they learned mm-hmm. in one book, or it's a course that teaches you specifically how to do one thing and whether it costs $10 or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, it could be a, you know, ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollar return. So like, I'm gonna make that bet every single time, mm. especially for like things that I learn and things that I consume. And so I just I buy any and every book that I come across. Most courses I don't blink an eye at. Most eBooks I just buy right away. I'm subscribed to a few memberships, um, but I just think it's a like m- most people don't think about uh, like they're they're too concerned with whatever limited downside there is and mm-hmm. not whatever unlimited upside. upside there is. Yeah. I agree with that. Hmm. Um, well, my learning parts are pretty like different than where you are right now. So if you want to finish up yours before I sure um, get a few more. Yeah. I just have a couple more like bullet points before I change gears. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about and learning, trying to train myself to think about is uh, outcomes versus outputs. And cause I've been so stressed, like I'm working a ton, um, just like putting in a lot of hours, but I still feel like, oh, like the things that I'm doing doesn't feel like a good trade off for like how much time I'm putting into this versus like what I'm getting out of it. But I've been trying to think myself, train myself more to think about what is the result of my time and not really how I'm spending mm-hmm. my time, like not filling my day with all yeah, these things, yeah. but like, Hey, what are the things that I can do today that I'll feel good about? And then like kind of not forget about the rest, but like not stress about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been really trying to optimize for like cost customer facing things. Like what new things can I show for Swifels members? 
what things can I get out there to market myself and not worry so much about like every single hour feeling productive and feeling like I'm doing something or writing mm-hmm. or creating or, or being online. Um, so that, that's been one part. It's just like productivity kind of. Did you ever read that book productivity uh, project or what's it called? Yeah. Productivity. Uh, yeah. The productivity project. You read it, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I read like 75% okay. of it. Got it. Um, but that, that was, I could get that, but I also felt like that was like a lot of productivity stuff is all about output. It's how to make the most of mm-hmm. your time but it isn't really about the outcome of it and mm-hmm. like what it is that you're actually producing. So I, I felt like from that book, that's exactly what I got from it. Like really? oh, okay. for, 100, for me, I think it's that's just why I, that I'm looking through. That's yeah. why I referenced it so much because, mm. um, I've always been the kind of person like, uh, like you're saying, like just be like, uh, doing, doing, doing like, you know, like knocking tasks off. That book really got me thinking about what's the actual result I'm getting. Like what is, uh, what is the output for what I'm putting into it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of why I brought it up. I think uh, he, he does this. Th- I actually did it today. Um, he, in his book, he has this little like exercise he calls like a brain dump. Like he says, in every couple oh, yeah. like, months, he'll just like write down a piece of paper, like all of his thoughts that he has, like from personal to business to whatever it is. And he's, he literally gets every single thought like just written down. Um, and then it, it creates this huge like, master list. And from that, he can kind of like re-strategize, kind of re-plan, re-optimize. Um, and I did today, which is kind of funny that you brought that up. Um but I, I feel so much better. I think yeah. after vacation yeah. coming back and like kind of thinking and reevaluating, like doing a little brain dump. I do like normally every probably four or five months I'll do it. Mm. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. Um, on a related note, I've been, I just started a new book. I'm not, I just like literally read the introduction. Uh, it's called Life Profitability by this guy, sort of the I know on Twitter, basically. <laughs> I haven't really like actually talked to him, but I feel like I know him. Um, he like, built and sold a couple of, uh, you know, tech startups. And he's a, he's a good guy though. And he wrote this book basically as like kind of like a, um, not like an autobiography, but it was kind of like, Hey, here's like what I've learned through being an entrepreneur. Um, here like the principles, but like through the lens of like his life basically. Um, and I thought it was interesting cause he started out, he said, uh, this is the part that stuck out to me. He says at all times, uh, oh yeah, at all times, a part of me, a large part of me was at work, leaving a hollowed out version of myself behind for everyone and everything else. You already guessed that because to one degree or another, you're doing the same thing. And I was just like, oh, so guilty. Like, why, why does he know this about me? And it made me think too, like, oh, like, dumb, I'm not alone in this. Like, why, why is this a phenomenon? Um, so one, it was a good reminder of, uh, Again, just thinking about like hours and, and mm-hmm. output is like not good. And it's like Monique calls it, <laughs> I have like this stare where like I'll like be there and like talking, but like I just won't be there. I'll just have my mind on something else. And um, I've been noticing that like bleeding into other parts of, um, especially like during the week at night. Like mm-hmm. I'll just be like watching TV, but like I'm not really watching TV. I'm thinking about things mm-hmm. or I'm on my phone writing things down. And that's pretty lame, like to always just be like sucked into that all the time. And, um, and then I listened to a podcast with him and he was talking about his marriage and he said that all marriages are at risk for entrepreneurs and you have to protect yourself against it because it can be, you know, it feels like a life or death thing of, well, if the business fails, like we fail and like mm-hmm. the business needs my time and, and attention and there's no one else that can do this thing. Um, and so you have to really fight against like the, uh, like you have to really be intentional about the work-life balance even mentally, mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur for your marriage. Yes, that's interesting. Me and Connie have been talking a lot about that too. Like, um, 
I've been thinking like, why do all this? Like for me, the answer is I just love it. Like I, I really do. Yeah. Like it's not, I'm not trying to make a whole bunch of money and be like filthy rich. Like I, I, I feel like I hardly think about like that side of the results. You know, I think just like, I enjoy the work that I'm doing. I enjoy like the business, you know? Yeah. Um, so how do you do, like, how do you do what you enjoy and not let it like overstep like other like boxes of life, you know? Mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about, I guess how, like, what's the, what's the reason? Like what's the importance of this? Um, kind of like we talked about, uh, I think it was on the last podcast or a few podcasts ago about, um, I think I shared how I've, like coming to a season where I I like know that I'm doing what I, what I was made to do. Like, and I'm I'm talking specifically about like renting out tables and chairs. No, I I mean like just like we had a chance to like create a business and to like now run it. Like I was I love it it's so fun. Um, but how do I like do? How do I how do I, explain this? How do I get excited about that and like mm. live in that calling that I know is like natural and like from the Lord, and not like lose sight of like what is really important, you know, yeah. that sounds really cheesy and I don't want to sound cheesy, but basically just mean like, you can't take your eyes off God. You have to like continue to allow him to be the center. And also like, what are you like living for? Like for you, Corey, like it's not like, like right now your main thing is it's you and Monique doing life together and you're, you're building a life together. So like wh- what's the point of all this? If you work so hard and you're like giving her this like hollowed out version of you, like right, zombie Corey watching TV. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's super hard though. Cause like I'm, I'm with you. Like yeah. I have the same struggle where it's like, I'm really excited about these things that I'm doing. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's hard balance. Yeah. yeah. I've even kind of like reversed my thinking a little bit on um, like when to work hard a little bit. Like I, I was thinking the same thing of like, geez, if I have to keep doing this for the next five years and like live and feel this way, I'm going to feel like I, I wasted like my twenties, mm-hmm. you know, like, when I'm like young and like fresh and have like the most energy and um, like that would be lame, you know, at 30, which is like still young, but at 30 to look back and be like, geez, I don't know mm-hmm. what I did then. Like I just worked I'm like, sure. I'm like reaping the benefits, but like it just felt like I sold 10 years of my yeah. life. You know what I mean? And like, I don't want to feel that way. I want to like live more now and, um, and enjoy it. And, have the memories and like feel like I'm in the moment and it just feels like everything's going so fast right now. I'm like so busy, so distracted, um, which is pretty I think, lame. I think a lot of it is like just being like really intentional with your time. Like, yeah. Um, it's kind of one of like, I think it was one of, one of my themes for the year that I kind of wrote down, but like just wanting to live an intentional year, you know? So, I mean, I really want to live an intentional life, but like this, making sure that this year, like wherever my time goes and my days go, like, it's not just like lost and like the whirlwind of just working and staying busy, but like my days and my hours and my time um, will be a very intentional. Like I really want to be just like thought out and um, inten- intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had two more, po- two more points and they're, they're really quick, but uh, in uh mover of mountains or mover of men and mountains, um, I just thought there's these two like little factoids, <laughs> that, he, factoids. that he mentioned that I was kind of fascinated, but he said, uh, the reason we have the highest standards of living in the world is because we are the most mechanized country in the world. So our production per man is highest. And he wrote this way back in the early 1900s. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. I was like, I think that's a good point actually. Um, so just interesting. And he also said there must be literally thousands of good ideas in the U S patent office that never got off the ground (laughs) inventions that died and were buried because, you know, they were 10 or 50 years ahead of their times, or maybe there were, 
inventions designed to do one job when they could do 10 other jobs much better if anyone thought to apply them. And I was like, wow, that's actually also a really good idea. Um, so yeah, just interesting. Cool. All right. Well, time hog. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm up. laughs> uh, for my like learning section, kind of different. Like it's not what I thought it would be about. Like I felt like, again, this is like a newer thing we're trying out, but I thought learning would be a, a lot of what you just kind of did. Mine's going to, change it up a little bit i'm, I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with it yeah. no but it's what i'm learning so um it's probably because the book that i'm reading actually mm. <laughs> which is funny um uh i've read this new book it's called dad tired and loving it um and it's about like spiritual leadership um for like men like leading their wife and leading leading mm. their family and kids um so yeah yeah I've, I've um i think we talked about this a couple a uh, couple podcasts ago but uh, for me like one thing i've been thinking through a lot about is like how do i lead like my small family that i have right now how do i lead my wife how do i uh, be a good um, just person of, I would say, like authority and respect uh, in our home. You know, we have a few people that rent, rent out from us. And I guess that's important to me that I'm a good example. It's important that I lead well. And I know that, like, I have not been doing it as I should. Um, and I don't say that as in, like, I'm shocked. I say that as in I think most dudes, like, young guys would probably would probably agree with that. And so I found that this book just, I'm not sure how I found it, but this guy actually has a whole ministry and it's called uh, dad tired and loving it. Um, but it's basically about, there's like um, kind of like what we're doing like for young men and, but it's focused around like leading your family. Um, so it's really cool. He has a lot of good resources, like a podcast and some, I think he has a couple books out. Uh, anyway, so he talks a lot about, like I said, spiritual leadership. Um, and so um, I think what's been interesting to me is his spin on it and his, um, and his like definition of like spiritually in your family or how you improve at that is not what I thought it was. Um, but it is kind of, it is along a theme that's been a lot in my mind recently. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about this idea of kind of staying like, within the love of God and um, like really walking and doing life with God daily, being close with him, um, actively, you know, talking with God and praying and just like going through your days, feeling God's spirit. Um, and this guy talked a lot about like, that is how you lead your family. Um, he talks a lot about instead of trying to like, when you think of like leading your wife, I think it's easy to think about like, Hey babe, like, did you read your Bible today? Or Hey babe, like whatever, you know, there's like the very practical side of things. And he talks about it being more of like, you're kind of like a guide. So rather than trying to tell or direct, like you're simply guiding someone. Um, and how you do that well is, is being close to God is his whole like mantra that he, that he preaches. And I don't know, it's been really interesting to me. I did not expect that to be what he would teach, you know. Um, but he tells a story that kind of, not summarizes, but like encompasses a lot of what he's teaching. But um, he talks about the idea of just like God always wanted to be actively working and how to not miss what he's doing and how this applies to your family. So he tells a story of how when him and his wife first got married, they uh, bought a king-size mattress and a big bed frame, and they lived on the second story of some apartment. And they were getting ready to move, and they were buying their first house together. And uh, he thought this would be the perfect chance to get rid of this big bed frame they have. Because he had this big bed frame, super heavy. He said he didn't want it. And so he, like, selfishly, like, A, he told his wife, hey, babe, like, we'll, we'll buy a new bed frame. We'll get you something different. But in his mind, he, just didn't want to, he did not want to move that thing down the stairs. So that's kind of why he was selling it. And uh, anyway, he put on Craigslist. He found some guy that said he wanted it. And so the next day, a guy comes, and the guy comes alone. So he's like, shoot, like, I got to freaking help this guy, like, you know, take his thing apart, carry it down the stairs. And he was like, not happy, not having it. And he said that as he was talking to this guy and like helping him take apart the the bed frame, he felt the Lord. And in, in the book, he, he kind of like 
clarify. She says, I hate when people say this because he thinks that that's overused, but he did say, he's like, I do, I strongly feel like the Lord spoke to me and the Lord told me to give him the bed frame for free. Don't charge him. And he said that he was in his little like argument with God, like, dude, like, come on. Like, first of all, now I'm not going to make any money and I have to carry this thing down the stairs. Like, this is horrible. And so he ends up like eventually just telling the guy, Hey man, like I know this is kind of weird, but I really feel like, um, I should just, I, I, I want to give you this bed frame for free. And the guy's response was obviously really surprised and kind of like, like, why would you do that? And the guy's like, I know it's weird, but I just feel like I should do that for you. And then the guy ends up telling him as they're loading up into the truck, he's like, man, like, he's like, my wife just served me with the, with divorce papers this week. Uh, she's taking, she's trying to take the house. She's taking the kids and I have no idea what I'm going to do. And this guy like broke down and like started crying and, and they ended up praying together and the guy gets saved and they, um, he got his phone number and they stay in contact to this day. So super like out of that, like, look what happened. And that's kind of what his whole thing is. Now you do that with your family. You do that with your wife. You, you're, you're basically just being present. And that was his, that's a lot of his like preaching on leading spiritually, leading with your wife, leading with your family is, is being present, being active and really not missing opportunities that God wants to do. Um, that's obviously a more like radical story. That's probably not going to happen every day with your wife. But, uh, he's like, he says, he says like, dude, like your wife like needs you in ways like that. The ways like that random person was spoken to and was, the Lord like really worked through this, through this through the author of this book when he gave him the bed frame. The Lord wants to use you like that with your wife and with your family. So I thought that was super like exciting. Like I like read that for like whoa, like I can help my wife in ways like that. I can like do things that are gonna speak to her and, and whatever. And so I don't know. That's kind of like a newer like thought on spiritual leadership that I'm kind of thinking through, and um, it's, it's really exciting. Huh. So a lot of it is like um actual service almost or like well no well his point is that you are you're walking closely with god and you're you simply you're walking with the spirit and so you're not missing out on ways he's speaking to you yeah um and so yeah it could be active service right maybe 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 the lord nudges you to clean the room for your wife whatever she comes home maybe that really blesses her in some way i don't know what that i'm not sure but um just the idea of not missing what god's wanting to do like Mm -hmm. being present and and being attentive that's cool yeah, it's definitely um, a lot different than maybe like the conventional popular advice out there. Yeah. It's, a bit, it's very different. Yeah, it's, it kind of got me thinking. Like, I think I've had a lot of um, like the order of things when it comes like, to spiritual leadership out of order. You know, I think hmm. um, I've been focusing a lot more on like, how do I help my wife? How do I help her? How do I, um, you know, be a good example? Whatever. I've been thinking like in that way. And this book has really got me thinking more of like, that is that needs to come second to simply my first my connection with God. Like I need to mm. first think about like how am I doing with God? How am I uh, walking with the Lord? You know, am I um, like drawn near to Him daily? Am I am I walking in His presence? Am I like not missing what He's wanting to do in my daily life? And when I'm doing that, then I can then what falls more naturally is then leading my wife, then um, you know being like a guide to her and, and kind of figuring that out together along the way. So um, it's been like a really good like sobering reminder. Um, I think it's speaking to me a lot because do you think these things have already been on my mind? You know, like I said, the idea of you know being in the love of God. Um, so yeah, that's been kind of the newer thing I've been that's a cool reading, one. and yeah, it's been yeah. again not really what when I think of like what am I learning? Like I, I, I would almost put this under like the, the spiritual category. Um, it's probably a bit of both, a bit of that and learning. Yeah. You know, um, but I, have, I have a couple other things that I I wrote down there outside of this. Well, just one of them I'll share. Can I? Can yeah. I just add one thing to that which is that i feel like i've been learning that 
more often across a whole bunch of different areas of like, if you want to help others, it's like the, you know, if you want to, uh, it's like on the airplane when they say, that's exactly before you put on the oxygen mask, put it on yourself first. Yeah. Was that, I always thought it was so weird, but right. And it's the same thing spiritually. Like, Oh, if you want to minister to other people, like, like God minister to you first and like have a strong connection. Same thing with your wife. Um, uh, I, I thought the same thing about um, like leading your kids. Like if you want to really show your kids love and like raise them, like love your wife really well. That's literally the point she says in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm not sure how you're feeling with the whole like spiritual leadership thing. Um, like for you and Monique, for me, I've just been feeling like, why is it so hard? Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, 100%. like I really want this and I'm like, I'm trying so hard. And I think about it every day. Like, why is it not natural? And I think that is why I'm so much enjoying like, this like you know what i'm what i've been learning because it's mm. um like it makes total sense yeah. and, and it's just like more it's just very simple it's very broken down um it's, it's, it's good news like it's a good thing to hear I, like i feel encouraged by it i think oh i can do that i can draw closer to god than i have been i can mm. um and not in like a i'm not looking at this as like a check off check off like my reading list kind of goal thing but right. like just simply like love god better like you know like draw near to him like spend more time with him like want that and i and i do want that and so mm-hmm. it's exciting it's a good thing I like that. Um, okay, another thing I've been wrote down, and this is not even like so much learning, but kind of just been thinking about. Um, I don't want to, I probably shouldn't share specifics because I don't know if these people listen to the podcast, <laughs> but Connie and I have both had a few, um, we both like separately uh, had some times where we helped someone. Like we were generous with someone, we helped them out, we did some some things for them, and they were both like, I would say pretty significant, like big deal things that we did for these people. And we didn't do it in like a way of like, let's do this and then hope to get like a, you know, every favor in return. It was kind of like, let's just help them and like, let's bless them, you know? And, uh, with both experiences, experiences, we have felt like, wow, like these people have not been grateful at all. And they've mm. kind of felt like they just used us and like, that's it. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure in any details, which makes it hard to understand, I guess, but we've both kind of been talking about and thinking about like, well, what do you do in that case? Cause it's making us feel like, well, I don't want to be generous. I don't want to help people because they, just, yeah. they like don't appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and when I say like, don't appreciate like not only that, like they're, they've made life harder for us. Like that makes sense. Mm. Like they've just done things that like, you shouldn't do that. Like Even if like I didn't basically. give you a favor kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of basically throwing that thought out there. Like what do you, like why, a, why do we help people? Right. We, we don't help people to get, you know, a pat on the back or a favor in return. But what do you do when you've 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 sacrificed and someone just like borderline screws you? Like they don't even like not yeah. only they're not appreciative, but they like, make life harder for you. So that's kind of where I'm at mm. with it. I'm kind of so I'm kind of learning that, figuring out like what do you like? A, I, I don't want this to prevent like future generosity, but also like how do I handle like what's, with what's in front of me? You know. Mm. So you may not even have a thought for that. You know. That's out. a hard one. Yeah, I just think um, like what does the Bible say about it? And the the example that comes to mind is the you know, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Which we just talked about. Kind right. Of. If you, if you ask for your jacket or if, you know, how's the, the parable go? It's like, if you ask for something and like give them your jacket too. Yeah. Ask if, you to walk them out, walk to with them. Walk to yeah. with them. Um, which I think is really, that's, that's really hard. I would have a super hard time with that. Um, I haven't, I haven't been in a situation like that where I, you know, really kind of put my neck out for someone and then didn't even get, I mean, I think that is the hard part is like you feel like, Oh, well if I help someone, especially if it's like a friend, you know, like, well, this is going to help our relationship and I'm just going to feel good about it. But then it's not, it never feels good to feel like manipulated Mm -hmm. and like taken advantage of, which is 
which is a very, um, it's a consequ- consequence of the same kind of generosity. I don't know. I mean, I think it's been hard because like me and Connie both, like we really want to like bless people. It's like always been like a strong thing for us and we really want to use our business to do that. So whether it's, and you want to see the results of that being positive, right? Yeah. I don't, we, we just want to help people and Connie more than me. She's like really big on that. Um, one of our goals is she, we want to eventually like buy a, like own a piece of property, like a, like a complex with like several units in it where we basically like just let people live there for free that I like need help like mm. from the church kind of thing. Like that's some things we want to do. So we want to do things like that. And um, like our, I think our vision is like, it's big, you know, it's exciting what we want to do, but if we're getting tripped up in these small things, like, you know, it's, uh, that makes sense. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. making me think like, okay, so what, like, so we're both trying to take a step back. Like, okay, how, like what's the actual point of helping people? Like, why are we doing it? And, and then what do you do? Because I think it's, uh, we can expect it to go this way, you know, like, um, I was asking her dad because Connie's dad has always helped people. He was, you know, people that need a car, he'll buy him a car, he'll give him a job, he'll feed him, he'll give him a place to stay. And he says like time after time again, like people just like screw him over and like, they don't care. Like, uh, he it's had crazy. one guy do that. He, um, super random, but he, him and his wife went to Catalina Island for a weekend to get away and they met this at some restaurant. They met this um, like Filipino guy, that uh, Ben. You know Ben, right? Okay, yeah. so this guy Ben. That the guy basically uh, like had nowhere to stay. He was like alone. He like, I don't. Know, he's like just like a floater. He he like worked at some restaurant where they didn't like pay him, but they let him like live in the back for free and eat for free. It was like super weird situation. And so they like took him back home basically, and like Fernando gave him a place to stay. He had his own trailer at whatever. Um, he had this like trailer on connie's dad's property where he lived in and uh he like basically uh, one day is like abandoned it and left and like thrashed it like horrible horrible dude like uh the trailer wasn't hooked up to like septic and so he would oh like defecate and pee in like um buckets and he i promise i'm exaggerating there was like eight full like five gallon buckets just full of like literally like his human waste and he's like left it there like just oh crazy stuff gosh. like that yeah like it was cr- it's just crazy what he did, how he like the way he lived, how he actually lived that. Anyway, he like thrashed Connie's dad's uh, trailer and like he really helped him out. I mean, that's like extreme example. My point is, like, what happens? Like, should that does that mean he shouldn't have helped the guy? Probably not. Like, maybe this guy like needed something else besides help. But I don't know. Like, um, mm. what I guess my point is like, why do you help people? When what do you do when they don't? Yeah. Um, when they treat you wrongly, you know. It also makes me think of. Uh, the parable of the the prodigy, not the prodigy. <laughs> the prodigy. <laughs> the prodigal son. Corey's the prodigy. Okay. <laughs> the prodigal, very different, um, and how he asked for his father's, uh, or his portion of his father's inheritance, and then he got it, and then he squandered it. I mean, that would feel terrible, especially because he, you know, he got the it before you know he even passed away, and now it's just gone, right? He just squandered it, but um, like, what do you do with that? I mean, eventually the prodigal son came back. I don't know if everyone's going to come back or if you'll ever, um, you know, like see sort of the positive effect of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you made a good point of like, you know, do you, do you not give money to someone? Like, I don't know. I feel like you just, you always have to yeah. be generous. I don't, it's either you do well, or I you don't. I think like that's the obvious answer. I, I guess my, the point I'm trying to boil it down to when you're the one giving and when you're the one being like kind of screwed over like then this makes it more relevant. Does that make sense? And so like, yeah, I think when I take a step back and like 
hear what I'm asking, the obvious answer is like turn the other cheek and help them, and you still do it anyway. Like I know that, but what happens when you're the one like like for me, I'm I'm experiencing it firsthand right now, and so it's much harder to actually do that. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of what yeah. I'm. When it I costs guess, you, and yeah, when you're the one that's in a situation, you. you know. So yeah, I've never really had it happen before. Like it's my first time, so I'm like, oh, hmm. this is what it's like, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, well, we can move on because I know time is creeping. It is of the essence. Some people are with the inexperienced. Whoa. Do not flatter the rich or seek to be in the presence of the great without good reason. Rather, associate yourself with those who are humble and have simplicity, who are devout and self-disciplined, talking to them about those things that will edify and strengthen the soul. I thought it was interesting. Um, I never really thought about it. I can see the merit in what he says. He says, spend little time in the company of young people or with the inexperienced. And um, I don't I don't think it actually has anything to do with like young people or with inexperienced, but it's more like, hey, don't let people like pull you down a little bit or like don't fall into the the thinking of people who don't know how to think if that makes mm-hmm. sense um i also thought it was interesting do not flatter the rich or seek to be in the presence of the great without good reason because like how many times are we like oh it'd be so cool to like meet that person or talk to that person yeah, all the like time know that person <laughs> like anytime you if like someone's a big deal because you know that they or, you know, whatever, they're famous or they're a business owner or they have a lot of money or whatever it is, you act differently around mm-hmm. them. Um, so I just thought that was, that was interesting. Do not flatter the rich. Uh, spend little time in the company of young people or the inexperienced. Mm, funny. Um, this was really cool. And this relates to actually something you said earlier. Uh, it was from my leadership devotions. One of the stories um, talks about this guy named Ernie Banks. He was a Hall of Famer, uh, baseball player, but he never played a playoff game or went to the World Series. Um, and when it asked about why he played so hard year in and year out, because his team was terrible. I think they like never even, you know, they never made the playoffs. Basically, they never were even, you know, one of the top teams. But he played super, super hard. He was very consistent, Hall of Famer. And so they asked him one game uh, or before a game, hey, like, why do you play so hard even though your team is terrible? Uh, and it's kind of all for naught. And he said, you have to love the game itself and not love yourself in the game. I thought that was so good because I've been thinking more and more about, um, like I said, learning to like love the day-to-day of what you're doing um, without forgetting sort of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And for Ernie, he just loved playing baseball. And so he played hard and, and he loved doing it. It didn't matter what the outcome of it was, which is going to sound a little bit contradictory to what I was talking about earlier. But I think it's a good reminder to um, like – what game are you playing? And if you like, do you enjoy playing that game and are you playing it to play the game? Or are you playing it to, to win the game? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with my, like me doing my devotions more consistently and wanting to build more balance in my life. That's also been a challenge. Cause I think, I think it's easy to just like check the box, like play the game, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and like try to win the game, get the good outcome from the game. But you really have to learn, to love the game, to learn, to love just doing your devotions, to love just slowing down mm-hmm. rather than like what those things get you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've kind of always felt like uh, you think of all those, um, like, uh, you know, read the Bible in 90 days, whatever, those reading plans, Yeah. Um, which uh, coincidence, but I just started one of those anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I've always seen those as being very um, kind of like, like kind of like this quote of saying, like you're just like checking off the list, you're just getting it done. Yeah. Um, but it's important like really like, the reason behind why you're doing it not to like get off the list whatever you know? yeah yeah 
I've also been reading through uh, Philippians. What's this leadership devotions? It's literally called leadership devotions, and it's cool. It's actually um. So I know you were doing the imitation of Christ. Yeah, so that's what my, is one of my other devotionals. I think it's put together by the people behind um, Christianity Today, and it's basically just like a devotional book all themed around leadership written by a bunch of different people. So they're just like these little essays. Each one's different. And why are you reading it? Um, it was my dad's, and uh, but I also just felt like I had read a couple of them before, and it was in my like stack of like devotionals. So I just wanted to start reading it to see if I liked it, and I do like it. Mm. Um. I went through uh, Philippians four. Yeah, I was in Ephesians, then Philippians, then Colossians. But Philippians four, I thought this was interesting. That's uh, verse five says, "Let your reasonableness be known to everyone." And I was looking at kind of like the study notes, and it talks about like why, why he would talk about that because there was a lot of controversy around different like doctrines and teachings and like some division, um, and like arguments within the church, and he brings that up because reasonableness is crucial for maintaining community and, and the church and like unity within the church specifically. And like being reasonable is a disposition that seeks, you know, what is best for everyone and not just for yourself. Like they don't, if you're reasonable, you can be swayed, right? You can be proven wrong. You're not going to let your pride and your ego get in the way just cause, um, just cause you know, you lost that argument or whatever it was and discord and lack of harmony leads to division, which destroys the community. And, and um, hmm. I thought like, man, that's a really good quote for like today. <laughs> like a lot yeah. of the times that we're in is like one, like be reasonable, but also like let your reasonableness be known so that other people mm-hmm. will be reasonable in return. Um, I, I feel like I was even guilty of this uh, this weekend when we were playing games. Yeah, you're because you're a stubborn little punk. <laughs> I'm super stubborn. Um, you really are like, but it's, it's really good to be reasonable, but uh, it's funny that it's just funny how that works because like, uh, I want to take you to be like a, like a stubborn person. I really want it. Like, I think I would, you'd probably think I'm stubborn. I'm actually really not. I'm pretty like, right, right. uh, moldable. I, I wish I was like more stubborn. I'm pretty like, Oh sure. Yeah. Right. You know, but you're pretty like, you just want to expect because a lot of things are really black and white for me. Yeah. But you're also like super laid back and really just like mellow and right. It's just funny how they all twist together. Yeah, right. So, anyways, the reasonableness you're, you're is a being, good reminder for me. You were being a punk this weekend. This convicted you. Got it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes so, yes, yes. going to reference that one again. Um, another note from my utmost to highest. This was from uh, January 18th, so just after our last recording. But um, he says, "Beware of anything that competes for your loyalty to Jesus. The greatest competitor of true devotion to Jesus is the service we do for Him. It's easier to serve than to pour out your lives completely for Him." The goal of the call of God is his satisfaction, not simply that we should do something for him. We are not sent to do battles for God, but to be used by God in his battles. Are we more devoted to service than we are to Jesus Christ himself? And this has gone along with my my same kind of notes and theme reading uh, with uh, mm-hmm. the book by um, Sky Jathani, I think it is. And uh, But anyways, that's been like a recurring theme for me. So I read this and I was like, oh, wow, interesting. That's very, very relevant. Um, I think a challenging thought too couple more notes on uh one one more from ephesians um he says uh indeed i count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord and he also says uh you know i i have suffered the loss of all things count them as rubbish in order that may gain christ 
and be found in him, not having the righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God. And there's like these two interesting parallels here between knowing God and knowing about God Mm -hmm. and also righteousness from the law or righteousness from yourself versus righteousness from God and righteousness from faith. And, um, and the two are like very intertwined as well. But I just thought that that was interesting that they were both set here together as Paul's instructions to the Philippians. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more and then I'll be, done, I'll be done on my section. But a couple more quotes from Leadership Devotions. Um, in one of the stories he was talking about uh, anxiety. And he, he quotes, you know, the don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about anything. And it was a good reminder because it was interesting that like, the correct response to things like weighing on your mind is prayer and not worry. Like worry is a perversion of prayer. It's prayer is basically, uh, or I'm sorry, worry is basically praying to yourself, which is kind of interesting because you're trying to talk yourself through it and you're thinking about all the different things and it, and it weighs down on you. And that had me thinking more because I think a lot, I have a lot to think about. You do as well. Um, I, and I do worry. I do have anxiety. But I never really thought about prayer being the correct response to all these things on my mind rather than like me trying to sort it out in my own head. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I, I bounce that back to knowing God and knowing about God. Yeah. Like um, and it's like this theme that's been a lot on our minds, it sounds like, but knowing God, being in his love, like under his umbrella, like doing life with God. It's so much different than like knowing about him. Um, but I think most of us know about God, you know, it's like right. the busyness and our routine. Much easier to know about God. No, it's easier to know about God. Um, the funny thing is like knowing God um, really is easy because it, it's like a, fr- I mean, um, have you read that book, Practicing the Presence of God? No. It's very, it's like a 30, it's like a 30 um, page read, really simple, hmm. but it's all about like practicing, like really knowing God and like doing life with him as like a friend kind of thing. Um it's easy. That's the thing. It's, it's easy to do, but it's so hard at the same time, you know, yeah, like it's not yeah. a challenge. You don't have to like learn. Simple, not, not a learning curve. You just, it's just a matter of doing it, you know? Hmm. So yeah, what you're saying totally makes sense. Yeah. One more thought <coughs> from uh, the imitation of Christ. He says, again, it's interesting and probably more relevant to me, but he says it is not wrong to pursue learning for since it comes from God, it is good for as far as it goes, but it's far better to have a clean conscience and lead a virtuous life. Because some prefer to be learned than to be virtuous, they make many mistakes and, and produce little or no fruit. And um, I felt like not like guilty, but a little bit convicted about that because I love learning things and I love like pushing myself to you know read books and improve my skills and like uh, I think it's fun to learn. Um, but it's not to be mistaken by having a clean conscience and lead a virtuous life. Like it had me thinking a little bit like, well, what's if I had two people and one was like very learned quote unquote and educated and they were mm-hmm. smart and curious people versus someone who maybe just like, I don't know, did like manual labor all day long and had no like, uh, appetite for learning or personal development. But the person like they could have very different, uh, consciences and, and virtues as people. It's not to mistake how smart someone is for, uh, for like their faith or mm-hmm. their like spiritual life, if that makes sense. Um, but it challenged me to like 
to pursue basically virtue with God over mm. learning just in general. Mm. Like okay. you can have too much learning sometimes, you know? Yeah. I think, um, we both probably like fall, fall to that side of things. Um, uh, I think you said this year, right? Right. One of your like kind of goals was to like consume like less, um, yeah. not less quantity, but more not quality. more, quality, more quality. Cause I think you're consuming good stuff, but just do less so you can take yeah. it in more, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's easy to fly through things. Yeah. Um, I, I was, okay, I'll start mine, but I was thinking this, um, actually today I was like walking around, um, uh, I don't know what I was doing. I was walking in the backyard, <laughs> just walking, uh, like pace back and forth on the phone, I think. But I was just thinking like, uh, I used to love reading my Bible, like love it. I went through this season. We, I think a lot of us probably do, but I went through just this time, um, like right after graduating high school. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I can't explain to you. I mean, I was like. I mean, think of like what's something you love to do. I mean, you, you're a nerd. You like going to the zoo, right? And like seeing animals. Yeah, I love okay, going so to the zoo. like you love it, right? It's like one of your favorite pastimes. Like you want to, like you want to do that. And when you get to do it, it's like, oh, there's no place I'd rather be right now. This is so cool. I cannot relate to you. Cause that's really weird. But <laughs> just kidding. Um, that's how I felt for a long. I mean, it, it was like a deep, like long. I just wanted to read my Bible, and I like my mm. Bible was filled, like it was my same Bible was filled, with, like notes and all these things from that time. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's natural to kind of go through seasons of that, and it kind of comes and goes. Um, I was just thinking, though, I think the reason why that was happening was because, like, I I had to do that. Like for me, uh, I was just in like a low spot. Like life just was not good right. for me. It was not enjoying my life, and so it like forced me to do the only thing I knew that I could do. And it was such like a rich time. And so I don't, I'm not sure why I'm sharing this, but it just came to my mind today. And like, I really, I had like a funny thought. I felt like, Oh, that was so good. And I kind of felt like, Oh crap. Like God, don't take me to a hard time. Again, you know? <laughs> right. Like, uh, cause mm. this like, is times like that when we like push the hardest, you know, but mm. uh, I started me and Connie started together like a new Testament reading plan. So I'm excited. Uh, she really wanted to do uh, do it, and I've done I've done some of those before. I didn't really want to, and I know I'm the type to like like I'll do it. Like I will not miss a day. I'll get it done. But that's the problem. Like I'll I'll just get it done kind yeah, of thing, and yeah. I don't want that. So I found one actually that's the New Testament in six months. <laughs> nice. But the point is that it's like that it's like stretched out so we can do other reading. You know, yeah. so it's it's basically like one chapter a day. So mm-hmm. it's very doable, and it, I won't feel like like I'm checking off my list. You know. Because some of those plans, dude, you have to read like five chapters in a day, and it's right. like, or like the the Bible in a year is like super intense. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very again, I I will do it, but I won't get a lot out of it, you know. Yeah. Not the whole like quantity versus quality. So, I'm excited about that. And doing it with her would be fun. Um, it's been fun. Like, um, I, it's kind of fun. Like, I think my learning section was a lot of it was spiritual, but like I. I almost always read business books and the last like several months I've been reading just more like personal growth, like spiritual type books, Christian books. And, uh, it's been really, really, really good for me. Like I just really enjoy it. Mm. So, it's been, so now it's, this will be fun. Like doing this reading plan with Connie while like just taking this fresh book I read about like spiritual leadership. So I'm interested to like practice yeah. doing these things. You know? Cool. So, um, I finished, um, of, of movers of mountain and men, right? Mover of mountain, or mover, of, mover mountain. of men and mountains. Yeah, it's like a little tongue. Uh, and he has this quote in there that I, uh, I think he was talking about um, one of his business deals where he, like, had a lot of pressure under him, and there was a lot going on, and I, f- I forget like the details of the circumstance, but it was a time kind of like I just referenced of like when times were not easy. So he was feeling like like, uh, like pressure to, to to lean into God and to really like fight through what he was going through. 
And one of his quotes he said was, uh, I couldn't think of a better way of doing it than getting closer to God. And I don't know why, I just thought it was really interesting. It really stuck out to me because it was so simple. A lot of the things that this guy would say in his book, a lot of his quotes are like this, where like mm. you're reading these pages and there's not really much good in there, and then boom, like a nugget of just like yep. a one-liner. And I thought that was so cool. I couldn't think of a better way of doing it than getting closer to God. Hmm. And um, yeah, it's just been sticking with me a lot. Just like thinking about like how easy it is to get overwhelmed with stuff and to have a lot going on. Like you're sharing about, you know, you've been working so much and like if me and you often think like, how can I be more productive? Like, let me redo my list. Let me, or whatever. And I think it's a lot of times it's this matter of like, just be closer to God, like walk with him closer, you know? And so, right. Again, it's in theme with what's what's been in my mind, but really stuck out to me. Um, it's been convicting for me um, recently. Um, kind of just thinking like, I want to like have like a partnership with God. Is what I want it to feel like, you know, mm. um, like like a daily partnership where it's I'm I'm doing life with God and I'm walking with God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thought. Another thing I've kind of been the way that God's been speaking to me is this idea that God's always with us. He's always with us. And he, God wants to be around messy and broken um, and dirty people. Like if you, you know, read the Bible and reading, we're reading the New Testament. So like you, you know, a lot of like the stories are Jesus being around like sinners and people um, that don't know Him. Like that, like God, like is there with those people, and it's um, I don't know, it's really encouraging. I think when, like for myself, and I'm feeling just like discouraged or feeling like far from God, you know, um, like I'm disappointing God, whether it's like way that I. Like treat Connie or like um treat a friend or whatever it is like I make a mistake or say something dumb uh like God's still near like he's still close and mm. that's actually where he often he works the most and so it's been like a good reminder um yeah th- that's really those are the main points I want to share I didn't have a whole lot of like ex- excerpts like you did <laughs> but God's been speaking to me and and so this again the same theme has been like pushing through again and again um so yeah yeah that, that's great all right. Well, final section: work and business. Um, I have uh, a couple of thoughts there. One is, um, well, just an update. So, a thousand true fans public experiment. Uh, I think the last time I was looking at our notes, and I shared that I had 190 members. Today, I have 223. So I'm about 22 percent way through my goal. Nice. Which feels good. It still feels slow, and like I need, I have a lot of progress. I need have a lot long way to go, but um still like good numbers wise uh adding about 30 members since the last time that we talked my goal is to add about 50 a month um so i'm getting around close to there uh depending on which day you know but sort of on the right track um i had an idea so i well also i'm I'm launching a new podcast uh and i think i talked about it last time but i'm finally actually launching i think i'm actually gonna launch it tomorrow nice um just like a couple minor details having some people listen to the episodes and review just for any minor tweaks and stuff like that, but finally getting that out there, that'll feel good. Um, one idea I wanted to run by you. So I've officially incorporated swipe files. Um, it's now swipe files, LLC officially. And, um, how'd you do it? Uh, I did it over a site called Zen business, um, which was recommended to me and it made it super easy to just, I kind of like handle it all for you. Hmm. Um, so you didn't have to go down to the County or anything like that? No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's registered in California and all that stuff. So I have, all the right documents and whatnot. And I think they act as like your registered agent too. And so uh, it was fairly reasonable too. I think it was only like 300 bucks maybe. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. So it, it was really easy. And then um, hooked up the new business bank account, which is good. 
And uh, so I wanted to share like kind of a plan with you, but I think I'm talking about how I want to do like eventually phase out consulting and I want to just work on my own stuff, like product stuff. And, um, but the timeline is definitely very fuzzy. And my goal has been around like springtime ish to transition out of that and focus. Um, but I, I don't really know how I think I could, but now what I'm thinking actually is it might be possible for me to do a couple of sort of income sources that I'm expecting as well as maybe new ones with new courses and or just course sales. Like I'm opening them up back up in, uh, in March as well is, um, maybe building up like a year's runway in the business bank account and then using that as kind of like you drop my own, yeah, yeah, like draw from it for my paycheck and basically like seed money for myself to just kind of launch out on my own. Uh, so the idea is that you have, like you have that net, but then you're also producing new income, right? So right. it's not like you just pull out your like savings for a year. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, one, I was thinking all the money that I'm, that I'm like saving right now is going to our savings, which is good. And we have a, a good amount of savings that I feel safe about, but I also kind of don't want to keep adding to it knowing that I think I'll probably need it. And I should be using it as like business income, not just as like extra money because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paying the bills with consulting right now, but I'm making some money as well. So what do I do with that money? Like I, I don't want to spend it. I also don't really need to save it. Uh, but I think I'd like to use it for the business and especially for myself, right? If I can kind of use that, but I don't know. Is that, well, I'm going to take it in a different direction. Okay. 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 I have some potential investments on the horizon, Corey. <laughs> yes. So if you give me $20,000, I will turn that into $40,000. Really? Yes. How fast? Give me six months. Six months? Yes, sir. That's not so bad. We'll we'll talk the details after this. Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll, 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 we'll chat. <laughs> Just kidding. It. Well, if you're down, I'm down, but... Uh, yeah, I think that's cool. As long as it's not that you're like creating this bank account and then going to live off that for the next year. Like that, right. that no, seems no, no. like no. horrible, but if it's just like you have it and then the idea is that you stop consulting and then at least probably the first month or two, you're really like, you're probably pulling from that yeah. and you're ramping up income. Like I think it's a good idea. Yeah. But, well, because one of the things I, I know that eventually, um, like, especially once I start drawing from it. I'm going to start replenishing it, but I do need like some kind of buffer amount. But then I was also thinking, well, if I'm going to quit consulting, then I will need to drop from that because that would be my source of income. Um, now whether like the revenue sort of like keeps up with that or not is a different story, but I'll need some sort of buffer. So if I can give myself like a year of like ramen profitable, you know, bare minimum, bare minimum um, kind of income, then I'd feel safe about it mm-hmm. or I could, at least know like there's enough buffer in there for me to, if everything went wrong, like I can live off that. But uh, I'm pretty sure like I'm actually very optimistic for this year's numbers um, just based on what I, what I think I can do with swipe files and the trajectory so far. Uh, but so that's my kind of plan. It's the update there. And I have a business idea. I want to run by you. Hit me. I'm actually, I'm working on right now, but I tell you about the the no code fellowship with on deck. Okay. So I'm in this program now, I think it had just kicked off um, the last time that we recorded, but uh, it's basically like an online kind of accelerator community. It's very like low key. You kind of just like jump in and out of workshops and sessions and there's a Slack group and whatnot, but there's a capstone project. And so my capstone project is something I wanted to be like 
semi-related to swipe files, but it's also a, an itch I've been wanting to scratch. And uh, it's basically another, uh, like a newer version of something that's already existed that's called help a, help a reporter out or Hero for short. Oh yeah, you told me um, this. It's cool. So how Hero works is there's a whole bunch of reporters and journalists and PR people who are looking for stories and for people to feature within you know whatever they're writing about. And so um, instead of them having to do all the work of like manually researching and curating and finding people to contribute, uh, they use Hero to send to a ginormous email list and they will be listed in the email and then anyone who sees it can find it and then like send, send in, you know, whatever information they're looking for. So they could be like, uh, you know, I'm a San Diego reporter and I'm looking for San Diego small businesses who received a, uh, you know, um, uh, small business loan relief program for the pandemic or whatever it is. So then you're going through your, your email and you're looking for ways to get exposure and for kind of free marketing for more people to learn about you. And so you say, hey, I, I did. And they ask you a question like, um, how do you plan to use the money? And so you write in like, oh, I plan on using it for this equipment or for pay payroll, whatever it is. And then they can feature you or not feature you. So it's, it's worked like that for a long time. In fact, um, the guy who started it started just as like a side project. And I think within the first year, it made a million dollars. And then he sold it. And then since then, it's just been kind of like floating and just kind of been, hmm. been going around. Uh, I like it, but the problem is that one, it's only for reporters. And these days there are bloggers and mm -hmm. podcasters and content marketers and like all sorts of other people that are creating content that could use sources. Um, but two, it's based on a daily email. Like there are three emails a day. There's nothing in between. Hmm. And it's a lot of work to like skim through and look for like what's relevant to you. So my idea is called help a creator or hack <laughs> i'm not going to use the the uh the acronym but it'll be help a creator and it's or basically <laughs> it's basically the same idea but it expands out to also writers and podcasters and bloggers etc um, but it's based on like a forum or like a community instead of an email so you can log in and create a profile and then anyone who posts you can like subscribe to different spaces so you can get notifications based on hmm. your area of expertise so like you could join the group um you know, like local businesses or small businesses. And then like anyone is looking for a story around a local business would post there. And that, that way you don't have to like search through the thousands and thousands of other ones that are kind of coming through the door. Um, and you could be a part of different groups. You know, maybe it's for me, it'd be like marketing and software and, uh, and maybe like, you know, the creator economy. And so I could contribute to articles of, of those types and everyone's going to have this different assortment, but then, I'm just basically kind of playing matchmaker a little bit. Uh, how does it make money? Um, could be through ads, uh, just like help a creator or help a reporter does right now. Um, I don't know their revenue now, but I know they made a significant amount of money off of ads. It could also, there could be like a subscription thing where, you know, you get access to special kind of like groups or spaces to post, or maybe you get listed somewhere uh, as, you know, an expert um, or possibly just like private spaces for people to curate their own kind of place to syndicate for their content. Um, mm -hmm. Or it's just like a marketing thing for swipe files and helps build interest towards that. I don't yeah. know. That's really cool. We'll see. I like it. So I'm building it. You are? Yeah. 
um, starting to talk to people. I just have to like build a database for each side, like the content creators and then the, uh, the sources for people. And then I'm going to create the, the platform, which will be pretty easy to spin up and, um, and see what happens with it. That's cool. Good idea. Thanks. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe update next time. We'll see. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's it for me on the, uh, the work and business side. All right. I'm up. Um, I wanted to, I think I mentioned this last time, but wanted to like, I guess, reemphasize kind of the importance of having a, having a network, um, or trying to grow your network. Hmm. Um, been, been on my mind kind of business type stuff. And, um, I've just been trying to do that and I have like a few more examples of some cool things that happened this week. Uh, Yesterday, February 1st, was my birthday, and for my birthday... Happy w- birthday. Thank you, Corey. Uh, I wanted to go to Rockies. <laughs> Rockies? Ever been to Rockies, bro? No, what is it? Ooh! If you're listening to this, go to Rockies. It's incredible. It's like a hamburger place in uh, like Mission uh, Beach area. Really? Um, huh. it was vote- it's been voted like Best Burger in San Diego several times. It's really, oh, really, wow. really, really good. It's like a small, like, hole-in-wall little place. All they serve is... Um, Hamburgers, fries, and beer. Like, you can't get anything else. So, mm. it's, like, a really just low-key low place. Also, they have the best Coca-Cola. I don't know if you agree, but I always feel like some places have the Is best it pop. like, real sugar Mexican? No, Coke? it's just out of the, <laughs> the soda machine. But what? it's so good. Okay, I feel like Taco Bell has the best best Pepsi. Um, <laughs> Costco has the best, uh, has really good uh, Coke as well. I think they just changed it to Pepsi, actually. And then Rockies has the best Coke. So, I always wow. go there and get the lunch special, burger, fries, and a Coke. I didn't know you were the the. I don't even like pop. The pop. <laughs> I love saying pop. I didn't know you were a soda. I don't. I don't drink soda. I mean, I, I really I don't ever drink it. But hmm. when I go to Rockies, I drink a Coke. Something special about it, huh? Anywho, so we went there, and um, uh, you know, you have to eat outside, and you can't whatever. And so, uh, we got there, and they have like limited seating, and um, so we were like, waiting to get a table. We're kind of hanging out, and there's this guy sitting next to us that offered. A, he was eat by himself, just eating, and he was probably in his mid forties, and. Uh, he was offered us like the stools on his table. We said like, no, we're able to stand. And then, um, our food ended up coming. He was uh, almost done. So he said, okay, take my table. I'll, I'll go over here and like stand and finish my drink and whatever. And so uh, we took his table, which is cool. And we just kind of started talking to him. Like we, um, started talking to him and like kept the conversation going. And turns out this guy, um, is like a business owner and he owns a construction company and he like, specializes in doing, uh, he builds and remodels restaurants and bars, like his specialty. And so, uh, he actually like knows the owner of Rocky's. The owner's name is Rocky, by the way. And it's a, it's a female. That's amazing. <laughs> so funny. Her name is Rocky. Uh, he like knows her and he's been going there for years. And, uh, he owned a restaurant like down the street that he just sold. He's like a really cool, like entrepreneurial type dude that we would like love to connect with uh he has a he he lives like a block away from rocky's like right on the water he owns uh, a pretty nice house and then in the back is like a another uh unit that he rents out um so like like, he was like showing us the airbnb so he's a really cool dude and um anyways we we just made a good connection we had a good time talking he ended up buying our food which is really cool um he's like a super just like nice dude um yeah, we're about to leave, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Like, watch my coke. Yeah, I left all this coke there, whatever." And then uh, the lady comes out. We went, we tried to pay her, and she's like, "Oh, he just bought your food." And we we're like, "What?" And so That's he came cool. out, and we we're like, "Hey, dude, like, thank you, man. It's really cool." And he's like, "Yeah, of course, anytime." And um, uh, so we thought, like, "Wow, what a cool connection." So then we call, we called Connie's dad, and we were like, "Dude, we Smith is a really good guy. It would probably be really good for you to connect with him. Like, cause Connie's dad does similar stuff." And Connie's dad is like, "Wait a second, was his name Justin?" We were like, yeah, he and, and uh, 
uh, her dad's like, okay, he's like, okay, so last week there's a restaurant called The Elbow Room, and they're going out of business. So I was there, like, buying supplies for, because Connie's dad also owns a restaurant. So he was there, right. like, buying supplies and whatever. And long story short, he ended up, he knew Justin from the, Justin was also there buying supplies for his restaurant. That's funny. And I just thought it was so funny how, like, what a small world, how it's all connected. Um, but, like, it was a good connection for us to make. So, not, so um, yeah, we have his information now, and we, like, know who the guy is. It's really cool. So, um, nothing has come from that one yet, but I think something will come from that, I'm sure, at some point. Right. Um, he just seemed really cool uh, at his Airbnb that he owns. He does weddings there, hmm. and we totally have a company, and uh, he's really fascinated by that. So, it's, like, a cool thing. And worst comes to worst, he bought our lunch. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, again, it's the important. That came from literally just, like, being friendly and like talking and like just like keeping it going and getting to know him you know that's cool i love those type of connections yeah really cool uh there's a guy named joel that i know he used to um another example this guy i used to work with him uh doing like events and weddings he uh left the industry and now he does real estate um but he has a lot of clients that like when they sell the houses they need a moving company and so he now refers us and so he called me today and like has a client that Wants us to move their stuff and store it at a warehouse for a few months and take it back and yada, yada, yada. So, like, another just good, like, lead that came from just, like, my network. Just, like, for knowing and talking to people and being friendly. Right. Uh, me and this guy, we got coffee last week and, like, or two weeks ago and talked. And so, um, yeah, I mean, sp- putting time into that stuff will come from it. Um, today, I have a, a wedding venue. We do a lot of work, actually, at the at the safari park at the zoo. You actually came with me for an event, Corey, which yeah, was, was fun. Yeah, it was fun. But, like, today... Uh, I, we have a, a, a wedding there coming up or like a year, whatever. And th- these clients want um, lighting and it's a venue. I will come with you to do the work. All right. <laughs> At the safari park, they have like several different venues within the park. They have like five where yeah. you, you can like have an event or get married or whatever. And so someone like wants the lights out at a venue that I've never, I've never been at before. And so I don't know how many feet of the lights they need. And so I emailed the, the um, like venue manager, or whatever. I was like, Hey, like Cindy, whatever can, whatever. Do you have this information? And she's like, no, I don't. But, if you want to come out and like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll show you the area you can measure. And so, uh, without even thinking about it, I, I said, yes, I could have, and she's, she offered to send me like a, like schematic so I could just do online, but she also offered the chance for me to meet with her and like, she'll take me there herself. Hmm. And I thought like, I'm not going to pass up on that opportunity that this is like the person that's in charge of like the events at the park. Like she right. like gets all the business and she, she's the one that sends it out to vendors. And so mm. I thought like, that's my network. I'm not going to pass up. It's time and it's a bummer. It's out of the way, but uh, like I'm going to do that, you know? So it's an investment. Like I'm trying to reinforce like I'm, this year. I'm really trying to focus on like my network. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. We also nothing to share yet, but we have, a couple of real estate opportunities we're looking at right now, which could be something cool. We don't know yet. We'll, we'll f- see what happens. Uh, but those opportunities have, are coming from our network. People we, we, we've kind of just gotten to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've read, I think this also was in, uh, movers of men and mountains. Is that correct? <laughs> Mover of men. Mover of yeah. men. Okay. Uh, another quote from the, well, not quote, but he, uh, he, he mentioned Alexander the Great, and he said there's, like, some story. Apparently, at some point in his life, Alexander mm. the Great, uh, he wept because there were no more world, worlds for him to conquer. And, like, think of that, like, a business aspect is so rad. Like, um, wow, like, there's just so much to do. Like, could you imagine being at the point where you, like, you've kind of done it all, right? <laughs> like, Well, it's depressing um, for him. Yeah. Well, God, it got depressing, but the point is, like, like, aiming for that, as I'm trying to say, oh, yeah. if, like, if where you do all that you can do. Hmm. Um, I just don't feel like right now, like, I feel so excited. I have so many like ideas and things I want to do. And I feel like really like energized, which is good. I feel like a theme we often both share is feeling burnt out. Tired. And I think we both yeah. don't, I feel tired, but I feel like 
I'm like ready. You know, I feel excited about Tired stuff. Tired and inspired. Inspired, yeah. Part of it is, I think, coming off of vacation. Like, I think yeah. whenever I have time to disconnect, well, anyone, you know, you often come home with, like, you know, ideas and new breath. And so I feel that way. I feel really excited. That's cool. Um, but I'm kind of thinking, like, what do I do with that? Like, I have all these thoughts and ideas and I'm excited about a lot of stuff. Um, so what do I do with it? You know, so I'm, I'm wanting, like I've been talking about, um, like living with intention. So I want to, you know, be thoughtful with kind of, you know, things I pursue and put my time towards. So, hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I feel like, uh, I haven't some other things I would, I would share. Not yet. Probably the next one. Cause I'll, they'll be more like tuned and ready to go. But, um, yeah, I just feel, I feel good right now. I feel excited about where things are going and looking good. It's fun, man. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm feeling optimistic about uh, like the COVID situation mm-hmm. as well. Am I? Is yeah. that asking? Um, I'm kind of sad you brought that up. Because, uh, I am. Yeah, that that's where I do get discouraged. So yeah, yeah. It's just if things go, like if we're able to like um, have events and do what we're supposed to do, like excuse me, it'll be a really good year. I'm really excited. But if we can't. Um, it'll, it'll be hard again, and I'll I'll, I'll probably will be discouraged. So, yeah. um, I think the, the good it's news looking is good. It is looking good. Um, to answer your question, uh, the hard thing is we have people that just are scared. So people reach yeah. out, hey, my wedding's yeah. in August. Can I reschedule to twenty twenty two? And it's like, like that's when it's I like, you, like you can't really tell them no, but also it's like, it's just it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. But we've had a really good amount of people like book. Um, this this is, this is our like booking season. So January, February, and March, people book most events for the whole year. Um, so we've booked a lot, um, and people are also booking a lot for next year as well, which is cool because they're mm. trying to like, get ahead Planning of ahead. things. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's looking okay. I'm, I'm yeah. feeling, I'm feeling much better than I was last year. Yeah. I think the good news too, is that a lot of people, uh, I'm sure you don't like see or hear this as much because you kind of like are exposed to the negative side, but I know I've seen and heard of a lot of people who are, um, becoming a little bit more like restless and kind of just like whatever i'm gonna do it anyways mm-hmm. and like yeah, absolutely not, re- not rebellious necessarily some of it but a little bit more um i guess like less scared about uh as, as they were before and like they'll just have an event and like worry about it later or just like yeah so the good the, the thing is people that um have already like the hard part is we probably have almost i would say probably around 70 or 80 events that got rescheduled from last year that were strictly at like venues. So not people's mm. backyards. And we then after that, we probably have another like 30 or 40 that were just like private events. So the ones that have venues can't do them. Like even if the, even if the client right, wants right. to, they just can't because the venues, yeah. venues won't. Um, so that's, that's the challenging thing for us is the ones that have already booked and had to reschedule and now are either wanting to cancel or reschedule again. That's the hard one. Yeah. But the ones that are like, a backyard, like like you're saying, they're at they're at the point where I'm doing it, which is I'm like, heck yeah, I'm all in. Like, let's yeah. go, like I'm ready to do it, you know. So. Smaller weddings and yeah, kind of secret weddings and just events people are putting out at houses, mm-hmm. and probably more private venues and stuff. So I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so. you guys. Well, that concludes, Corey. I think that concludes us. Um, thanks for listening today. Three three things you can do to help us support podcasts uh if you want to you can drop into your podcast player of choice namely apple podcasts and leave us a rating and review five stars and a couple of kind words will go a long way for us to uh, get more people to discover the podcast and show that it's worthy Um, you can also simply just share the podcast with a friend if you want to text it or share it on social media that'll also seriously go a long way even just one time Uh, you can pull up your phone and do that really quick for us if you like this episode and if you haven't already hit that subscribe button 
also a positive signal to whatever podcast player you have so we can get discovered to more people and we'll see you in the next one. 